Rather than being brave and going deeper, you're just grabbing at a formless, emotionally charged, untrue energy. Welcome to the Soul Sourced Podcast, unconventional business advice for the highly creative, secretly sensitive, and wildly ambitious entrepreneur. I'm your host, Christine Kane. Let's do this. Okay, welcome to episode number 32 of the Soul Sourced Business Podcast. We call this an unconventional business podcast for the highly creative, secretly sensitive, and wildly ambitious, which also happens to be the subtitle of my new book, The Soul Sourced Entrepreneur. And I get one of two reactions to the phrase secretly sensitive. I either hear someone say, oh my God, that's so me, or I get eye rolls and what the fucks, which is totally fine. In fact, there's a good reason why many business types don't like the phrase secretly sensitive when describing the owner of a business. And that is this. Sensitive people can sometimes be emotional and rash and impulsive kind of people. Am I right? (laughs) We tend to have to learn the hard way, but we have to admit that some of our sensitivity is really just our projection or us taking things too personally or being completely unleashed and untethered with our emotional sensitive selves. In fact, one of the best things about having a business at all, if you are one of those sensitive types, is that business forces you to learn how to be sensitive and be successful in the world of numbers and marketing and sales. And I get it. This is not an easy path. (laughs) I totally get that. So this is where I come in because my mission is to help you be more aware of those tendencies that do not serve you and to help you master the arena of business without telling you that you have to become some kind of Peter Drucker figure. And if you don't know who he is, you can (laughs) Google him. But to that end, one of the things that we have to learn how to do is really watch ourselves and to watch how we speak and how we interpret things and how we make decisions based on these interpretations. And I think this is why it was such a challenge for me to write my book, because the entire topic sort of threw me into a territory that can be quite touchy for a lot of people. And I was afraid to approach this in a way that might be construed as insensitive to the very people I was trying to reach. So on this episode, we're going to get granular. I'm going to address one really common and frankly weird method that people use for making decisions that ultimately have no basis in reality And these people end up doing so much damage because they are using the feels as the facts. So this is a little deep dive into your language. And I am going to speak to two different ways that we secretly sensitive entrepreneurs make very bad choices because we are reacting to non-data, to false data. So let's start this up by doing something a little different here. I'm going to start this up and we're going to pretend that you are the coach and I am your client. And let's say I show up on a call with you and I say to you, I think I need to lower the price on my package because everyone says the number's too high. Now, 
if you're the coach, let's not even talk about what you would say or what kind of questions you'd ask. Instead, I want you to see if anything stands out to you in the sentence that I just said. I think I need to lower the price on my package. Everyone says the number's too high. Now, if you're like many people in this world, you might notice that this is a perfectly logical decision to make, right? Because if everyone's saying the price is too high, well, that's kind of scary, isn't it? So by all means, let's look at the price and let's talk about what it needs to be so that everyone stops saying such things. But if you are even a little bit tuned into stories or selling or sensitivity or language or even self-sabotage, you, the coach, would want and should want to ask the following question. Everyone? Really? Exactly how many people have said this? Give me a number. And then if you are a courageous coach who is more interested in your client's success and emotional well-being than whether or not your client thinks you're quote unquote nice, (laughs) do not say a word until I, your client, have presented you with an exact number. And here's a hint. You want to sit through the discomfort and silence that will inevitably ensue while I count, usually on one hand, the number that has become everyone in my mind. So why do we start here? Well, because you're listening to someone who is telling you that she is going to make a decision and change an entire strategy based on that one elusive, nebulous, and very highly charged word, everyone. So if you are like many of my clients or... (laughs) quite honestly, even me at certain times in my own business life, you've probably said something very, very similar to this. And you know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Everyone is a lot of freaking people. And admit it, we entrepreneurs, we secretly sensitive entrepreneurs, tend to use words like everyone when we're being uh, lazy or when we don't feel like looking any deeper or when we're avoiding the tedious work of reviewing things like our marketing copy or our marketing messaging or how we talk about our offer or how we've set up our sales sequence. Or we might even do it when we're letting our emotions run all over us like a monster truck rally, because that's what we've always done. That's called conditioning. And while we don't need you to become some kind of data-only, left-brain, robotic, ISTJ type, you do really need to watch when you use this kind of language to instigate a sudden decision or change in your business, or even if you just want to be happier, because you want to watch this kind of language anytime. In my coaching experience, which has been vast at this point, Every single time that I have asked someone to tell me exactly how many people constitute everyone, the answer has never been more than two or three people. In fact, the last time this happened, which was fairly recently, the response was, well, there were two actually. So let's move on to another example now, which is similar, but a little different. We're now going to place you in a different scenario. Now, let's say you're in a mastermind group and there are four other business owners and you guys meet once each month for support to keep each other on track. So one guy in your group gets up during his time and he reports what's going on in his business. And then he says, 
okay, so here's what I want coaching on. People keep telling me I should offer this whole other service, so I want you all to help me brainstorm this new idea. If you are like every other creative out there, every other entrepreneur or business owner, you love new ideas. You have about 23 new ideas every morning before breakfast. You love sessions where new ideas get generated. You love poking holes in new ideas. You love reshaping new ideas. And of course, you want to find out the whole new service this guy can offer because that shit is fun. But if you're still with me here, then you might already know that you need to move that little bright, shiny object, loving seductress off to the side. And you need to look at this idea to have another idea a bit more clearly. And again, I'm not saying to not have new ideas or love new ideas, but we need to kind of scooch our way over to the other part of his sentence. And I'll say the sentence again. People keep telling me I should offer this whole other service, so I want you all to help me brainstorm my new idea. So where we need to kind of scooch is to the opening line about all of those people. So your question might go like this. People? Who? How many exactly? And again, in my experience with this exact situation in a mastermind group, the guy looked up at the ceiling and he said, uh, let's see. In the past year, I think there were three. No, wait, there were four. No one is saying that you shouldn't make changes in your business or that you shouldn't shift your pricing or have new ideas, or offer a new program or service. But what I might be saying is that something is missing here, and that something is clarity. And if we're really going to look deeply at it, that something is also power. And here's what I mean by this. Right now, I'm going to remind you of something that's going to feel like it came out of Mean Girls, or maybe it'll take you back to high school, or if you're truly unlucky, this phenomenon still happens to you. But have you ever had somebody who gave you feedback and that person shared something unflattering about you and then they added on some kind of phrase like, and you know, I'm not the only one who thinks this, or, and you know what, other people are saying this. I'm speaking for other people here as well. This is a communication technique that is designed to put you on the defensive, to make you believe the unflattering thing, and maybe even make you feel paranoid and ashamed. It is unhealthy language that you should call out the minute it is said if you have the presence of mind to do it, which is a whole other podcast episode. But let's look at why I would even say that. This communication is not based in real power. It's fake power. This person is not willing to own up to their feelings or their clarity, their discomfort or their perspective. They don't feel powerful enough and they aren't clear enough. So they call on the masses, those other people, just to amp up the fake emotions and the paranoia and the shame. It's a communication technique of the powerless and fearful and it's designed to ratchet up your emotions and shame rather than to do what we all really seek to do with communicating, which is to find clear solutions and real productive course corrections. And I will be honest, probably you've even done this a time or two when you felt powerless. I know I have. But one thing is for sure, and that is that you're doing the same kind of thing inside your head 
when you refer to everyone and people. Because rather than being brave and going deeper, you're just grabbing at a formless, emotionally charged, untrue energy. There's all kinds of neurological reasons why our brains do this, but you and I, we want to look at this from the angle of being wired up emotionally or in a way that's perhaps a bit more sensitive. And maybe also even not being skilled in the backstage processes of running your business. Because here's the deal. I, as an entrepreneur who has generated a lot of money on my own, I haven't had a job since I was 24. I've never done any kind of market research before I launched a product or program, maybe a pilot product or program, but I've not done any market research. I am not a data girl telling you that you should be a data girl. And if you are a data girl, great, or woman, <laughs> great, more power to you. But I'm not wired that way. And I'm not even a great numbers girl when you look underneath the hood on this person called Christine. I've had to really learn and work hard at this stuff. That's just true confessions. But what I am tuned into, though, is how easily we are each persuaded or thrown off by emotions and stories and other people and other people's opinions and how much we have been conditioned to avoid deeper thinking or clear seeing of what's really going on in any situation, especially in our business. And that's because finding out why something isn't working is tedious and not nearly as fun as just trying a whole new idea or as easy as just cutting your pricing. So the vague notion of everyone and people is a way to provide yourself with non-data as a distraction technique or a persuasion technique or an avoidance technique when you have nothing else to stand on. And you are avoiding going any deeper than just your knee-jerk reaction to this isn't working. So as a coach, one of my mottos is beware of everyone. Or sometimes I say beware of everyone and people. And that means I am militant about the use of these two words when it comes to changing course or altering pricing or making decisions or even supposed feedback. When a client comes to me with a bright, shiny new idea or a reason to stop doing something or a sudden change of direction, I always start in with my questions and do it gently, of course, because I don't want to, it's not about me being, trying to be an asshole. It's because clarity is so important in your business success and emotions are not always good clarity elements. If I ask the right question, the truth often reveals itself. And way too many times the truth is that this new direction has been inspired by the infamous everyone or the ubiquitous people. And maybe it's because we have this neurological need to pay attention to every nitpicky, critical, or even seemingly thoughtful idea that someone tosses at us, or we've spent our lives giving more weight to our feelings than to the facts, or even to the proof, or because we are masters of doubting our own capabilities. But for some reason, business owners like you and me can equate one or two people with the entire planet. Never mind that up till now, you've been building momentum, you've been getting clients, and you're otherwise pretty on track. So, of course, I want to say there will be some feedback that is the perfect information, or to, it will take you to the next level. Or you have exactly three clients and all three of them found your onboarding sequence confusing. Those three people, then it's worth paying attention to their feedback. You're going to hear the same comment from 
maybe even tens or hundreds of ideal clients. And then you'll be grateful and you will course correct and you will please more people and you will make more money. But until you have actual feedback or a review of your marketing sales sequences or all you've got is the drama queen in your head telling you that everyone has offered this nebulous opinion or people everywhere are waiting for you to do something about it, I want you to really consider that everyone and people are very, very shoddy language and communication techniques. They're kind of like, I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about always and never. Always and never are the language of hysteria. And so is everyone and people. It's not the language of truth. And you know what I mean by always and never. Like you always do that or you never do that or I always do that and I never do that. It is so not true. And it is not the language that any decision should ever be based on. So I want to close this out with a few new steps for you to take. Okay? So the next time you catch yourself saying, everyone's been telling me to, or everyone thinks that, or people keep saying I should, I want you to do yourself a favor and begin to retrain that emotionally wired brain of yours. And I want you to ask yourself three simple questions. The first question is, how many exactly? The second question is, is that number enough to justify making this big of a change? Or is there another way to look at this? I snuck two questions into the second question. The first one is, is that number enough to justify making this big of a change? And then the, the next little part B of that is, is there another way to look at this? Which is pretty key. And then the third question is, <laughs> this is the big one, what might I be avoiding here? Or you can jump right to the bonus question, and that is, what am I pretending not to know? And I get it, these are not easy questions, but we are all about reconditioning old, ineffective ways and patterns that you have used to derail yourself. So don't be afraid of seeing clearly. Don't be afraid of things being tedious. Tedious stuff can really teach you how to think about your business and make better decisions. Okay, so now I'm curious. Is this something you ever do? Like, does this, did this episode resonate? Does this language kind of thing resonate with you? I would love it if you would send me a message on Instagram or wherever you find me on social media and let me know. I would love to hear from you about that. Because it's something I see all the time, and I'm not sure if people are aware they're doing all the time. In the meantime, this week, watch your language. Watch how you interpret and share what's going on in your business and in your life. Your language has a huge impact on your results and your ability to navigate the changes that you make and all the decisions on your plate. I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Soul Sourced Business Podcast. Oh, dance, convenient.